You're with Clement Magnatella on 702. Live streaming countrywide on the Prime Media Plus app. Yes, TV channel 856. 92.7 and 106 FM. minutes after nine o'clock dumelang happy thursday welcome to the clement bagnatella show great to have you with us here on 702 i hope you're well this morning we start with the 702 open line on 011-8830702 the whatsapp line 072-7021702 let's walk the talk we start with the open line though on 011-8830702 whatsapp's on 072-7021702 so, the DA leader, what's his name? John Steenhazen, says the DA is not a white party. He was doing a Q&A session with members of the, of the public the other day. If you missed it, this is what he said. It's the silly season now in politics, and you're going to see a lot of jumping around between parties. Uh, the Democratic Alliance is not a white party. Yes, we've got white members, um, but we're not a white party. That's what he says. He added that leaders didn't need to be black to stand for the oppressed or marginalized black South Africans. And she, and he's correct there. And he added that the DA doesn't see color. Okay. But that is so problematic. In a country without context, as an organization, you don't see color? Are you kidding me? I mean... If you say we're not a party of race, we don't see color, then you don't see me. You don't see my struggles. You don't see my context. You don't see my triumph. Do you remember what Musi Maimani said when he was elected leader of the DA as a black man? He made a powerful statement when he started as leader of the Democratic Alliance. I recently took a white friend of mine to the Hector Peterson Memorial the other day. I did so because I felt it important that he could never get away with the phrase, I don't see color. Because for better or for worse, our history of racial divisions has shaped each one of us. If you actually don't see the fact that I am black, you actually don't see me. If you don't see the fact that I am black, you don't see me. I mean... I don't need to expand on that. And John Steenhazen has been consistent in this statement about we don't see color. I remember his interview. He did an interview with Stephen Saka, who is the host of um, Hard Talk on the BBC. Ooh, this man. So disappointing, the recent interview that he did with the Justice Minister. And yeah, go check it out if you have not seen it. Um it's another conversation. I mean, we, can, we can have that conversation another day or, or here now if you want us to. But anyway, he interviewed John Steenhazen and he asked him a question around the importance of representation at the leadership level. Mpo Palazzi was the mayor of Johannesburg. She was ousted quite recently, but she's a medical doctor. She has a track record of doing amazing work in the poorer parts of Johannesburg. She ran against you as leader. She is a black 
woman, you are a white man. Does it never enter your head that perhaps your party would have greater appeal if somebody like Mpo Palazzi was leading the Democratic Alliance? But we've been down that road before, Stephen, and you interviewed Mr. Maimani when he was the leader of the Democratic Alliance, and we ended up with the worst uh, result we'd had at a national election since then, which shows that race doesn't matter. What matters is the ability to be able to make a compelling argument to people. I was also elected, I defeated Ms. Palazzi uh, with a very, very big majority at a Congress that was overwhelmingly made up of delegates who are not white South Africans. They were looking for the person who could best land the party's message and get the job done. So that's what uh, John Stine Hazen said in that interview um, on the BBC uh, with Stephen, uh, Stephen Taka. I want to ask you then, do you understand the position the DA takes? So as a voter, do you look at the racial representation in the leadership of a political party? Like, is race a factor for you when you consider which party you support? Huh? Does a political party have to represent you racially, whether in their policies or in the leadership structure? So if they say, I don't believe in affirmative action or in land redistribution, because one thing the, the DA has been clear about is they recognize the struggles, they recognize the inequality in the past. But they still come back and say, but their position is that they do not see um, color. That's why Musi had said, if you don't see that I'm black, then you don't see me. So should race be a factor in how parties not only develop their policies, because I think it should. I mean, it's obvious it should, given the history that we have in this country. But do you think it should be a factor, race, in the leadership of that organization? Because I would argue that, in fact, the DA is probably the most racially diverse party when it comes to its leadership. Let's look at the leadership. I mean, out of how many... Leaders are there. We were looking at it yesterday, Sinazo, um, in the meeting. How many leaders are there? How many leaders are there in, in the DA? So we looked at it and we realized that out of like, I think there were about six, seven um, white people in the top leadership of the organization and then about six black people, right? So out of the 13, I think you had about seven white and six black. I think that's the most racially diverse leadership of the, out of the top three big political parties. If you look at the ANC, for instance, who's in their top six? Oh, it's not even top six now. It's top what? It's top... Because um, now there's the Deputy Secretary General, top seven or, or top eight, whatever it is. But if you look at it now, how racially diverse is that? Okay, look at the NEC. Barbara Hogan is in the NEC. Who else is white in the NEC of, 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 the, of the ANC? I'm not saying that the DA is racially representative of the country. That's not what I'm saying because I don't, I don't think it passes that test. What I'm saying is the most racially diverse. I mean, look at the EFF hmm, as the third biggest party. When you look at their 
the top leadership structure or their central command? How racially diverse is it? So, and I've asked John Steinhazen before, do you think the DA, and this is before he was even right now, um, when he was elected for a second term, I asked him, do you think people like what the DA looks like now? Because you've got, at the time, he was the leader, Natasha Mazzoni was the chief whip, um, Helen Ziller was the federal council chair, Simon Dixon was the CEO, Liana van Veik was the COO, the finance chairperson was Dion George, Thomas Walters is the deputy federal council chair at the time, Jacques Small, um, Anton Bradell were deputy chairs, and yes, the federal chair was black, Refulenzeke was one of the deputy chairs, there was James Masango, who's another deputy chair of the federal council, and I said to him, is this the racial representation at the top leadership structure of the DA that satisfies you? And what do you think it communicates? Because the DA has more black supporters, more black members, but that's not representative or represented at the top leadership level, is it? Let me know your thoughts on 011-883-0702. Your WhatsApp's on 072-702-1702. Do you care about how diverse the leadership is of a political party? And do you care if the DA says, we don't see color? Yes, we recognize what black people have been subjected to. Because remember, even in their policy, they said race is not a proxy for disadvantage. That's what they approved in their previous uh, policy conference. 011-883-0702. The WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. Kustas, you're in Midrand. Good morning. Clement, today's open line is going to be epic. Now that you talk about John Steinhazen, let me start. Clement, uh, GA under John Steinhazen has, has reached its peak. I used to call them wolves in sheep's clothing because I could see that these people are pretending, but they're not pretending anymore. John Steinhazen is nothing short of a okay, racist, so to speak, or stereotyping kind of type of person. And to prove that they're no longer pretending anymore, they couldn't even say sorry to the party members that they offended last week, uh, where they said that um, the crime wardens are actually drunkards. What if there were townships voting yes. there? Mm. Yes. So they don't care anymore. So um, there is no way in South Africa that South Africans, including Caucasians, can vote for a person who speaks like that about each other like this. We don't want that. So what are we supposed to do as South Africans? Let's move on from Democratic Alliance and find an alternative that will truly embrace uh, the Caucasians, that will truly embrace brown people, similar to the ANC does. Yes, the ANC is something that does right. When you're given a, a, a position in the NC, you are given with, with that position with power. Mpopala does not have power in, in, in Johannesburg. But Phineas Prince in Pretoria has enough power to do whatever that he wants without consulting John. The, the lady Mpopala could not even make decisions without going through that federal concussion that they have up there. And that federal concussion is dominated by mostly Caucasians who are pushing towards um, Caucasian interests only. It cannot be like that. Hence, we will not vote for Democratic Alliance, not today, not under John Steinhazen. Even though they have, uh, who's this guy in, 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 in Gauteng? No, they're by Igor mm. Papa. Yeah. He's a good guy. But trust me, he will be swallowed by, 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 by the toxic of, yeah. of John Steinhazen. Let me ask, Kustas, do, do you think, though, um, when it yes. comes to uh, 
the the racial representation at the leadership level? Do you think the Democratic Alliance does better than other parties? Like, are you are you comfortable with the racial representation of the leadership of the DA compared to what you see with the EFF or or the ANC? Okay. When it comes to um, racial, they're okay. But here's what they do. They are fronting with these brown people so that we see some of ours without giving them power. And that's the same thing that corporate in South Africa does. They appoint a black CEO without giving them the power to make their decisions. There's many black leaders in DA who have no power. Solely, Hussein Gauteng has absolutely zero power, that guy. He cannot even reshuffle. But is that because he's black? Is that because he's black? Or is that because that's how the structures of the Democratic Alliance work? You always have to consult with, say, the federal council. The Democratic Alliance has made it very difficult for black leaders to make decisions. Oh, Popalat has said this before. Herman Mashab has said this before. I can tell you, you've never heard the same thing about, about Jordan Hill in Cape Town. He doesn't ever complain about issues on DA with decision making. Okay, Kustas, thank you for um, calling us, man, and giving us your views in Midrand. Let's go to Mark, who's calling us from Centurion. Mark, good morning. Yes, hi, Clement. Uh, I'm actually very disappointed because, you know, you have to listen to, uh, and Kustas just came out in front of me, you know, blatant racists like that, that come up, come on the radio and, 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 and categorize people black and white because of this and no power and so on. I mean, there are umpteen, umpteen, uh, black leaders around the country in municipalities and various structures to make decisions on their own. Whether it's in Peter Maritzburg, whether it's in Durban, whether it's in the Eastern Cape, etc., as well as in the Western Cape. But I'm more disappointed in you because you're taking a, uh, a comment from John Stenow where he says, uh, you know, we don't see color. And you automatically see it that they totally disregard black people. That is not at all what he's actually trying to say. And, if he, and, uh, and, I, and I suggest you actually listen to an uh, interview that he did on Business with Alec Hogg. What he means by not seeing color is basically they're looking at the person and basically who he is and not what he is. So if they want to have people in certain positions, it doesn't matter whether they're black or white or, or, or Indian or Chinese or whatever. If there's a certain person that basically uh, must be selected, and whether it's all black people ultimately in the DA or not, it doesn't really make a difference. Ultimately, uh, it's what a person does that defines them, not who he is, and not automatically, well, I will vote for this party because they are black. We've had black cadres and black ministers and black presidents for 30 years in the ANC, and you brought up, uh, luckily, that that example of... uh, the non-diversity of uh, the ANC and the EFF. And what, that, what, what has it basically achieved in this country? I'm not saying black people are not capable of doing it, but the black people that have been selected in the past have brought this country to its knees. And there are certain, uh, certain uh, you know, the, the, the Western Cape problems that have been governed by the DA, which happens to have a white premier and a white uh, mayor in Cape Town, it's the best functioning uh, 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 province in, in South Africa. But we shouldn't concentrate on whether he is white or he is or colored or whatever. We should concentrate on the policies and what the policies of the DA has brought to the various areas that they've governed. That's what's important. Not whether he is black or whether he's white. And this, and this total, total uh, concentration and, and focus on whether he is black or whether he is white and what about this, what, that will never get this country out of this racist, 
you know, one track uh, stream that we basically uh, have all the time. I mean, we're never going to get out of this unless we stop focusing on this and rather focus on the, on the policies and the successes mm. that the DA has shown what they can do. Okay. Mark, let me respond to that. Yep. As a white man in South Africa, you have no experience of racism. You have no experience of injustice based on, as a white man in South Africa who's lived through apartheid. All the time. You have, hold up, I've given you a chance. I've give, I'll give you an, an opportunity yeah, to respond okay. to me, but no problem, I want no to problem. engage with you rationally and respectfully. As no, a white man who's lived through apartheid, you have no experience of racism and you have no experience of injustice based on your race during apartheid. In fact, you are a beneficiary of that system. You were. And I would argue that things are still systematically today, in fact, skewed in favor of you in some ways. And I can argue that. So I'm making that point to you because I'm trying to suggest to you that it's actually a bit offensive to want to argue and tell people, especially black people, that we should move on and not focus on race and focus on as you say, what the DA has been able to do. I think that's, that's misguided because as someone who has not lived through that pain, you have no right to tell people to move on. The second part I want to address is that you, I think you are wrong when you say John Steenhazen is right to want to argue that it doesn't matter the color of your skin. In this country where we've experienced apartheid, where black people were systematically and deliberately pushed out of opportunities, of course it matters today whether black people are white or black. And I know there's this false narrative that whenever we talk about opportunities that are needed for black people, we're saying just go and pick up any useless, incompetent black person there and put them in position. That's never the case. The idea there is be deliberate about transformation. See color. Because if you're not going to see color and get competent black people or competent white people, we are not going to change the architecture and the structure that exists in this country that is problematic. If you look at the labor department, they always release their stats every single year. They release their a report about what corporate South Africa looks like. And you know what that looks like? White men are still in positions. Over 60% of senior top executive positions are occupied by white men. Not because black executives out there don't exist that can take over those positions. No, because those corporate companies are not serious about transformation. So no, when you come into the Democratic Alliance and you want to be the leader of the Democratic Alliance, I think the DA must be deliberate about making sure that they find black people that are capable because trust me, they are out there capable. Otherwise, if they don't see color, if 10 people come, two of them are black, eight are white, they come to an interview and then you take six of them that are white to go and represent the Democratic Alliance, then you are continuing with a structure that is unfair. But when you are deliberate about transformation, as the Democratic Alliance or as some company, as Prime Media you're going to go out there and you're going to find black people that are capable. We are not going to move forward in this country until we level the playing field. This thing that we live in this country is not equal. 
and we cannot operate as though it is equal. What's going to make it equal is we need to level the playing field. And then when you and I, John, are on the same level, then we can have a conversation about not seeing color. And I respectfully would put to you that we are not at that point in that country, in this country, where we can have that conversation about, I don't see color. Okay, can I respond? Yes, please. Okay, you say uh, I can uh, never have lived through apartheid and I've never been disadvantaged. I regretfully uh, disagree with you because when I first started working in 1980, I went to university, okay? Uh, in those days, already Bits had uh, already made a policy of, uh, of uh, using as many uh, black students as they were. When I applied for the first time, to get a bursary based on my results at university with a multi-corporate company in those days. And after first year, I wasn't selected and it was given to uh, uh, all black uh, students who were basically uh, in my class and in other classes from Tux and from UCP. That's the first thing. When I was in corporate, and I spent 25 years at that multinational uh, corporate company, I was overlooked for so many uh, uh, promotions even though my results in leadership in, uh, as, a, as, as, as running department, head of department and so on, and there were other people, black guys that came in, qualified guys as well. I'm not saying that they mm-hmm. deserve it as well, but mm. I was overlooked at the time because uh, that multinational company was basically uh, made, made it a policy to employ as many black people as possible. So therefore, I was disadvantaged. So don't tell me I wasn't disadvantaged at the time. And this was already in the mid-80s and the late-80s. And went all the way until I actually left that company in 2004, etc. Where I also didn't get uh, a great uh, promotion, etc. Because they had to have obviously certain numbers and certain, uh, certain uh, management areas. And uh, when they were filled by by mm. non-white people, I was I was it wasn't, it wasn't given to me. But you know what? I accepted at the time because uh, I wasn't going to stay there, you know, all, basically all my life. On, on your second point, that the DA doesn't make a uh, make make an effort, uh, you should also look at not only John Skinner's interview on, on on business, but also the two-part interview that they had with Helen Susman, where she particularly discussed uh, a guy called Reggie. I think his name was Reggie Kabinde. Mm. Basically, when they were all vying for a position down in Peter Maritzburg for a very important seat, and mm. they went through the whole process of interviews. And basically, uh, what did they know about the, uh, the area, the, the topographic, the demographics around? And, and, yeah. and he came out on top, ahead of white people, ahead of Indians, and ahead of everybody else. Because okay. Alan Sisman at the time said he was the best candidate and the best guy for that particular mm. position. And that's why he was selected. Not because he was black. Yes, the fact that he was black, black uh, was just a, I, I hate to say, just a byproduct. But, I mean, he, uh, he was, he was okay. selected. Uh, because he was the best candidate. All right, Mark. Um, thank you for, for, for that response. I think I've given you a chance to, to respond to me. Unfortunately, I'm so late for the news. Um, I would love to respond to some of the things you're saying, but otherwise, uh, Juliet is going to kill me. Let's get the latest in eyewitnesses in our lives. Your voice. Your station. Your open line. Walk the talk with Clement Maniatella on 702. Eight minutes before 10 o'clock. Just a quick update there. Um, in the questions where we're asking about the province, and we said uh, Kimberley, just note that in the total tally um, of um, the the scores for, we gave them that, right? In which province is the De Beer Diamond Oval Cricket Ground? Um, when they said um, the Northern Cape, we still gave them that. So we counted that. 
um, even though in the sheet it was saying Kimberley. So that's still the correct answer. So they were not disadvantaged at all. Let's continue with the calls and your WhatsApps. Nimrod, in fact, let's start with Tabang, um, who's been holding for a while now. Tabang, thank you for your patience. You are in Alberton. What are your thoughts? Uh, morning, Claremont. Yeah, no, I just wanted to comment on the whole DA situation. I, I feel like removing race out of the question, I feel like the DA fails to recognize the fact that their political positions on their own are very unpopular within the country. Like, they play minority politics and expect to get a majority when that's not how it works. You could take issues like Israel-Gaza. They, they, they took a neutral leaning towards Israel's side when overwhelmingly most of the, the country support Gaza within the thingy. Regardless of who's right or wrong, they just hold a minority position. You could take their stance on transformation. They, they, the, their rhetoric alone shows that they don't take the idea of transformation seriously. They spend most of their time complaining about BEE, complaining about corruption, complaining about this and this and this and that. When they fail to recognize that service delivery isn't the only issue here. Like a majority of the black population within South Africa need to be able to trust mm-hmm. that you will use your power in order to like redress the, mm-hmm. the issues of apartheid. But they spend most of their time just complaining about the current government. People don't trust them and they fail to recognize that. Like black leaders leave. Um, Herman Mashaba, Musi Mayamani, these are people who have political differences uh, themselves. They're two different characters when you think of them politically. But they, but they agree on the fact that the, the DA doesn't take the plight of black transformation seriously within the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like even with your previous scholar, I think it was Mark, uh, he talks about look how well run Cape Town is. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm so tired of people saying I'm, this. I'm because also tired. That's why I didn't waste time, Tabang, to want to then go into the details of how inaccurate also that is because which parts of Cape Town yeah. are well run? But how many times are we going to debate that? Yeah, yeah. no, like, the, the, the reality is that, like, if people are still having some hope of, like, the DA is just never going to be uh, a majority within the country. Yeah. Unless there was an active attempt by Musi Mayamani when he was head of the, uh, the party to transform the party's platform to one that's uh, more amenable to the majority of the country and they rejected it. Yeah, Tabang, thank you so much for your call. And to be clear, nobody's taking away the credit the DA deserves in uh, the city of Cape Town or at the time in Midvale. They've got metros that are governed incredibly well. But let's also be contextual when we talk about the provinces and what the DA is doing. Go into the provinces. Go see life in, in Nyanga. Go see life in life in, in some of the parts, some parts of the Western Cape. Don't just get into Cape Town and think, ooh, that's how beautiful life is. Nimrod in Oliphant's Fontaine. Hi. Hi, Clement. Sure, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Clement, look, man. You know, I, I believe in one thing, that we all belong to this country. Much as we belong to this country, we want to see the country progressing, mm. you know, for the sake of our children and our grandchildren. You, know, you can imagine this, 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 let's look at this online application of school. If they was in power, were we going to say because we are black, that's why we are being uh, in this environment? And the answer is no. And look at the picture whereby if one Jewish can be marked and be had God forsaken. And uh, the Jewish board comes out and says, this is anti-Semitism. You know, we are out of that environment. Where we are now, we are in the 
the space where we need to build this country to the better to the better of it. All right, Nimrod in Oliphant's Fontaine, thank you for your contribution, your WhatsApps. Hi, good day, Clement. Don't you think that John Steinhausen was trying to say that in the DA we don't see color because we don't discard people based on their racial profiling? I don't know. I stand to be corrected. Thanks, David. John Steinhausen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if all else fails, go to comedy. So it. It's not a white party. It may be white-led, it may look white, it may be white, but the Democratic Alliance is definitely not a white party. Hi, I'd just like to say, um, on regards to Mark, I don't think that there's anything wrong with what he said, and I am actually pleased that he said something, because I think a lot of white people are very, um, this is a very sensitive topic to them, but as a black girl, who works amongst a lot of my white counterparts and they are my friends too. I won't lie to you. I, I do feel the disadvantage as a black person. I do feel the disadvantage with my, within my salary. I do feel like I'm being selected. So there is a point in what um, Kustas, I think it's Kustas and what Clemens is saying, but also not to dismiss what Mark is saying, that we shouldn't see things based on color, but based on a person's um, um, <laughs> what, what, what they know, basically. Um. Hi, Clement. I completely agree with your uh, comments on the need for the DA to transform. My question is, do you not think it's too late and too far gone for the DA? Because they've attempted face value transformation in the past, and now I think because they haven't done any real attempt at proper transformation that anything that they do now will just look the same as what they've done before so i think we need something completely new in south africa i think that uh, roger jardine's party is maybe a little too little too late um build one south africa musi maimane i think has uh is a little tainted with his history in the da uh, another leader maybe like him that uh, that was running a party like that I think would be ideal but for me I feel like the DA has had multiple chances to prove that they're an inclusive party and prove that they're really trying to transform and that time has come and gone for them that's what it feels like to me Hi Clement um, we might say that the DA is the most diverse party in the country but uh, we, we can't fool ourselves and not recognize who calls the shot within that party. And we also know what her stance or how she feels about black people. Uh, so as much as it might be racially diverse, uh, but polit- politically and policy-wise, uh, it's not. Hi, Clement. Great show. Um, I just like what you said, you know, um, with regards to being racially diverse. I think we attack the DA a lot because it's white people. But when you look at other parties, like the examples you gave, ANC is not racially diverse. Most of the um, black parties, if I can put it like that, are not racially diverse. So I don't know why. There is this attack on the DA. Maybe the DA is giving us South Africans uh, PTSD because of apartheid, you know. But when it comes to racial diversity, I think they, they are the ones that are actually racially diverse. Thank you. Well, the other way to look at it is this. 
the 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 ANC would argue that the reason we've got only black people in our top seven or top eight or in our NEC is because those are the people voting for us. The DA, you know, most members of the DA are not white. The majority voters and members of the DA are black. So if we're going to use then that, why are there not a majority black people then in the top leadership structure of the Democratic Alliance? That could be an argument that the ANC brings up to justify why they don't have this racially diverse.